Rockstar Energy is giving one lucky winner a trip to Las Vegas. To enter, text Vegas to 59570 for your chance to win an all-inclusive trip to Las Vegas from Rockstar Energy. Again, that's V-E-G-A-S to 59570. A confirmation text will be sent. Standard message and data rates apply. It came on a night like any other. With power unlike anything else on Earth. Using beyond advanced active ingredients like bicyclopyrone, Acuron GT post-emergence corn herbicide is here to annihilate tough weeds. Advanced technology. Enhanced control. Talk to your Syngenta retailer about Acuron GT. Always read and follow label instructions. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Because it's a dog's life with pet and cannabis expert Angela Ardolino. Learn the best holistic practices from top pet industry professionals and listen in on why CBD might be a whole different animal for your best in-show buddy. Here's your new best friend about pets, Angela Ardolino. Hey, everybody. It's A Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, and I'm excited today because I'm here with a dog trainer, Heather, and I know we're going to say it wrong, Shaz. Shaz. That was good. You got it right. See, if I just go by, don't even try and think of it. Um, but I love the way it's spelled. It's like got two Z's in it. How cool is that? Anyway, <laughs> anyway she's a dog trainer. And what I love about her philosophy, because it's so true, is that if you're training your dog, and it could be the best training method in the world, but if you are aggravated or uh, don't have the patience or mad or even just in a bad mood, you're probably not going to get far. Um, you know, this is the same thing that goes with parenting. Some of you don't know, may not know this about me, but I used to have a parenting publication and people would call me a parenting expert, which I thought was hilarious. But it was the same type of thing as, you know, when you discipline a child, are you doing it out of a place of making it a teachable moment or are you doing it and you're angry when nothing's going to be taught when you're doing it at that point? And I'm guessing, Heather, that you're going to kind of say the same thing goes with our dogs, um, which we'll get into. But first, I want to know how the heck you got into training dogs and when did you realize how important this is when training and working with your dogs? Like, did you figure it out? Like, were you going, I don't understand. I do this steps one through 10 and it works for me, but I tell someone else to do those 10 steps and it's not working for them. There must be something else in play here. Yeah, I mean, I got into dog training. Actually, I started in England many, oh. many years ago. Yeah, I had an Airedale Terrier and he was my first dog. Awesome. You don't, you don't see them that often these days. Especially yeah, my mom's, here. it was my mom's first dog. And I also have a grooming and boarding and we have maybe two that I see come in there. Yeah, you just don't see them that often. And I started doing training with him. And then we moved to Florida. And ah. <laughs> yes, I was not far in Orlando. Oh, cool. And um, I had a cleaning business. So I completely went out. I got, so I, I didn't bring my dogs with me. And I went to a shelter and adopted a dog. And then I kept thinking, you know, I really want to do dog training. But I created a cleaning business. And one day I sold it and I said, what do I really want to do? Yeah. Like, what do I really want to do? And I, I realized it was dog training. Like I wanted to, so I went to Animal Behavioral College, went through their curriculum and then my journey started. And yeah, I was your typical like 
sit, stay. And then as time went on and I learned other people's modalities, I started realizing it wasn't so much the modalities, it was the owners themselves and what energy they brought to the table. And then it occurred to me that not only was it the energy that they were bringing to the table, but what was the dog mirroring? Because some of these behaviors were not changing with typical, you know, I might have four or five things in my toolbox to work with one particular behavior. And then I realized it was actually the owners. And I have been a life coach before. So I'm kind of more in tune with dog owners, perhaps more than they like me to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's when my journey began, where I started noticing it's what's not said, it's what's not known between the owner and the dog that's impacting the relationship. I think that is so spot on. I mean, it's, I even noticed that um, during COVID and everybody mm -hmm. with a face, having a face mask, I was amazed that dogs didn't react to the face mask at all. Yeah. Like they literally did not react to it at all. And I'm like, so this, what that proved to me is that dogs were going off of our feelings, our emotions and eye contact more than anything. The fact that half our face is covered up and they don't even notice it. I, I, like I said, I have a very uh, busy grooming and boarding shop. So I see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dogs <laughs> every month. So I can't, you know, not a single dog would react to it. They'd still give kisses through it. They didn't care. And so I think that you, what that proved to me is how in attune they are with our emotions and what we're feeling and if we're aggravated and how much it is like raising a child. And that if you're not doing it from a good place, you're not going to get very far. You know, you, you actually remind me of a client that I have here. I'm in South Carolina, South Carolina now, and this is the child and the dog mirroring the mother, but she had adopted a hound they had adopted a hound from a local shelter i had really bad separation anxiety the vet had given me some medication it didn't seem to be working so you know i went over there to work with them and i i was getting a feeling for the for the woman not the man but the woman so i just said to her do you have separation anxiety she said oh not only do i have it but my seven-year-old son has separation anxiety and i said ma'am do you not realize that the dog is mirroring you like this there's something with you that, that she's mirroring. And she said, I blame it on my parents. When they divorced, when I was a young child, that's what I blame it on. And her husband can't even get her to leave the state of South Carolina. She's so, I know, she's so, so will not leave the area and the dog is feeding off that. So a lot of people will say, yeah, but I got this dog like this. Like it already came with the issue. And I said, it's, it's here for a reason. Mm -hmm. It's your healer. It's your guide, whatever you want to call it. But it's come into your life for a reason because you're walking around with this baggage on your back and you're not addressing it. And it's impacting your life. And I know there was a big study, a study that just came out um, talking about how most dogs are anxious and suffering mm -hmm. from anxiety, which of course most humans are. So especially during this time, time right now. Sure. Um, and then in dogs lives right now, how many people got dogs during yeah. the pandemic 
And so like, for instance, at our groom shops, what we're seeing right now is all the dogs are now six to nine months old. They've never had their nails cut. They've never left the house or apartment and then been socialized. <laughs> They've never had a bath or a groom. They are disasters. I can, we sell so much at our shops, uh, the Calm Tincture of CBD uh -huh. right now, more than anything, because everybody is anxious. Um, and that totally gets picked up. So what, what, what the heck do they do? Like, what do you see? What do you see the most out of parents, them trying to deal with dogs that are anxious and they're also anxious? Yeah, I would say anxiety amongst humans is pretty rife right now. Yeah. And then how do they see it in dogs? Like what are, of course, I know how, what anxiety looks like in dogs. What do you, when you have a person that goes, he has this bad behavior, this is going on and you go, oh, that's anxiety. What so, is it that they're, what is it, give, give our listeners, like, what are they looking for? Because I know sometimes it's different than others. I know cats, anxious cats, they'll just go hide and you won't see them. Yeah, dogs are the opposite. Right. So separation anxiety, obviously, where they're causing chaos at home when the owners leave. Barking, that can also be an anxious behavior. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them will have OCD behaviors, these dogs, where they're licking furniture and they're licking themselves constantly or they're scratching constantly and it has nothing to do with any health issues whatsoever. I'm so glad uh, you said that. Yeah. <laughs> Fight. Uh, dogs start getting into fights right? Because now there's tension in the house where they never used to be before. Um, you know, it just goes on and on. I mean, any behavior. I remember I teach classes too. And I had this young couple with a German shepherd and it was about six months old, this puppy. And she came and the following week they both came. And when the guy was there, the dog was different. And how it was different, it was leash reactive. It barked to everybody. It barked to all the dogs. And I looked at him and I said, are you nervous? He said, how do you know? You know how men like to protect themselves, right? <laughs> how do you know? And I said, I get this feeling this dog is acting differently while you're here. He said, yeah, I'm anxious around people. So here he is outside and we teach our dogs constantly without realizing. This isn't sit down, stay and come are not as important as what we're teaching that's not said. The fear of people that we have, the non-trust of people that we have, the fear of a, a particular breed that we have. It's a, it, at our, uh, we do boarding and daycare, but we don't put dogs together. We right. play with the dogs. And so people are always like, oh, well, why? I wanted to get socialization skills. And I'm like, because I have no idea what you've taught this dog. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm not about to put this dog in with someone else's dog who maybe was taught right. Um, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. We need to know that everybody's going to get along. I don't know if it's their first time. I don't get all the information. So I, we don't even do that. What are the biggest um bad behaviors you see dogs doing um, that can be fixed with an attitude change for the human? So I think a lot of it, like the OCD behavior, right? Um, any of them really. Why I, mean, I loved you said the OCD behavior is because people don't think of it. Mm -hmm. People don't think that dogs suffer, pets, cats too, suffer from most of the things that humans suffer from. So one of the things that makes me laugh is that when we do have a dog with allergies or an issue and we solve the issue, meaning mm -hmm. 
they were licking their paw because they were anxious about the itchiness or whatever, but we got rid of the itchiness, but the paw licking continues. That's a habit. Yep. We now have to break that habit that was a self-soothing habit. So I'll have people, I'll say, look, you're going to see a, a massive um, reduction in the amount of licking. You're going to probably see all the scratching go away, maybe a, a bad habit, but the licking is probably going to continue because that became a habit, a self-soothing habit. So now you have to train them to stop doing the licking, um, which is hard for people to understand. Like I even remember watching Odie, my, he's now 14 miniature schnauzer, mm-hmm. who's petrified of thunderstorms. So but this is before I discovered CBD. I really didn't have anything. Now I give him the CBD and I can watch him become calm. But in his head, I can see him thinking, I'm supposed to be really scared and anxious right now. And right. for some reason, I'm not. <laughs> I can see him battling it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, we have to take a short break. and we come back, I want to talk to you about some things that that parents who do have very anxious dogs because most likely they're anxious what they could do. We'll be right back. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right. We are back here on It's a Dog's Life with Heather um, of Happy Owner, Happy Dog. Um, and she, you are a trainer. And the reason that I like you so much is because that you take into account of what the owner who is doing the training does. So that's what I get people walk into the shop all the time and go, do you know a good trainer? I have a puppy and he's doing this, 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 and this, and this. Um, And then, you know, there's just a few things that we mention or whatever, but I think people think that they get a trainer and the trainer's going to do all the training and they're going to hand you back a dog that's perfect and does everything right. Right. And that's not what happens. (laughs) It's just like the expectation that the child's going to go to school and learn everything that they need to learn at school. No, we have to do some parenting and we have to do some training with our dogs. Um, so what are some of the biggest mistakes you think pet parents make, um, with their dogs and training them when they're puppies? Well, before they get the puppy, sometimes they make the mistake that only one of them wants the puppy and the other person doesn't. So or they, one wanted a small dog and they got the big dog. Right. Right. So that, that's one of them. The expectation that the puppy is a child and understands English. <laughs> and understands that it's supposed to be a human in a four-legged body. And, you know, for instance, I mean, potty training is probably the number one, you know, problem that most puppy owners have, not understanding how to address this problem and then telling the puppy off for doing something that was the owner's fault. Right. 
right? So owners are not taking that responsibility and blaming on this little thing that has no idea what it's supposed to do, right? And then people get angry and they forget that their dogs are energy machines. And that anger is going to impact your relationship and you're going to create a void and then it's not going to listen. And then you're going to get more upset. So there's just this evolving, you know, I'm telling you, this is a parenting class. I'm telling you, it is. I remember when I did have the parenting magazine, I remember, uh, I don't know if it's a book about the training of the orcas at SeaWorld and how it's the same as parenting children. which I was like, well, yeah, but um, it is, it's the same thing, right? It is the same thing. And I actually, when I go to young couples, I'm like, this is your training Mm -hmm. for having a child. And they may be on a different page with a puppy. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm. look what's going to show up when you have children. Right. Right? Right. So there is really good training for them. I think the other problem, we talk a lot as humans and we talk too much to our dogs that we don't actually let them learn. We tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them what to do. Instead of, you know, I'll say sit and I'll wait for it and I'll hear sit, 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 sit. No, 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 right? <laughs> again, they stop listening to you. If you're saying that over and over and over again, then they, it's not important. Exactly. Right. I've, I've realized that because so many of my dogs are old and geriatric and have gone deaf, that I'm now learning to use hand signals as much as possible because when they go deaf, I've lost my number one tool for, yes. you know, controlling them. So <clears throat> I've really tried to make, you know, how do I get their attention? And then how do I give signals so that they know what I'm talking about? Cause they can't hear anymore. Um, but I think that the biggest lesson is that people need to realize that how much they are like humans and that we can't meaning they are like humans, but we can't treat them like humans, meaning they suffer from the same, a lot of the same things that we do, but they don't understand English. They don't stand up on two feet. They can't feed themselves. They can't use the toilet. We have to do and show them all those things. And I'm telling you people don't give up on potty training because my 16 year old barely can walk dogs will still go outside and go pee and still ask to go outside to go pee. And I've only had them for two years. So these are, you know, the, the old saying, if you can't keep treat, teach an old dog new tricks, exactly. you can, you mm-hmm. can do that. So what are some things like, I'm going to say barking, barking, potty training. What are some of the other things that you are the most common anxiety, um, separation, anxiety, yeah, separation anxiety. I mean, most or even people, anxiety out in social situations. I'm really finding a lot of you know people trying to make their dogs social all of a sudden when they never have. And plus the fact they're trying to make them social when they're not social themselves. Like I gave you that example of that guy, and I had another client who is um, ex-military, right? And he has a pit bull puppy. And as soon as I went to his house, this poor, this beautiful little puppy like hides under the table and is like, oh, I don't want to, oh, I don't want to be near you. And I'm like, where did you get this puppy from? And I said, this is an unusual behavior. So, you know, we, we, we did some training and um, I kept calling him. He was a hard guy to get hold of. He has his own business. But two months later, he calls me, oh, I need you back. I go, what happened? He said, you have to come over. So when I opened, when he opened the door, now the puppy's growling at me 
right? So it's gone from, oh, I don't want to be near you to, oh my gosh. And um, I said, when, when does this happen? I, I asked you to socialize him as much as possible, but he did in his business, but he didn't go outside of his business to socialize. So the dog got used to this little bubble of friends. So anyway, I took the dog out for a walk and met some neighbors. I never got a growl out of this dog. Never got a bark out of it, never got a tail under. And when I got back to him, the guy was sitting out on his porch and he looked to me and he said, you don't have to say anything. He said, I sat and thought about it. He said, it's me. I'm like, I love it when they know it's them, right? And I said, thank you. Now I don't have to say it. Yeah, what makes you think that, sir? He said, I don't trust people. He said, and I'm going through therapy right now. You know, my background is in Afghanistan, et cetera. And he said, I realize I've been teaching my puppy the same thing, right? That was easy, you know, because he took the time to look at it when I went off with, with the puppy and realized it was him. But again, it's that unsaid, unknown, yeah, So story. I remember when I was, you know, watching Caesar Milan, you know, I've seen every single thing he's ever done. And I remember he'd always used to say that animals don't carry over, you know, um, stressful things or what am I trying to say? Like post-traumatic. Yeah. He um, said they don't have a memory for that. Right. Which yeah. I does not make any sense. That's the only thing that never made sense to me because I clearly can see, you can clearly see if I go like this and the rescue dog goes like this, that dog has been hit and remembers being hit. So that made no sense to me. So, I think it's more of a trigger. He's trying to tell you it's a trigger. So instead of having a memory bank, it's a trigger response. Right. So, you know, if, if the, you know, you put your hand up, it's the trigger response rather than a memory of the person who actually did it. Got it. Thank you for explaining that to me because it makes sense now because right. I, I, that I didn't feel that that was ever the truth. I do feel like that, you know, they've got things and if you yeah, don't are. trust and they don't trust, you can't even leave your house, but you can't live your life like that because the dog has to go to the vet and it has to go maybe to the groomers and it has to be able to be social. It's like, if we were not if we're not social, we, we just keep to ourselves and people can go look at that weirdo. They're not social and they bite people, you know? If it was the same thing with us, I guess they do something about it, but it's, um, it's silly. Um, I, I think that the, the, the what, what would be your tips to help people who have a dog that, a puppy that they're having trouble potty training? I mean, to me, I feel like, you got to get rid of, you got to clean, you got to do a good cleanup. First of all, there's going to be accidents and you've got to clean up those accidents. I mean, the, yeah. the day you bring that puppy home, doesn't it start that the moment you bring them home? Yeah. And the moment you bring it home, you better have a crate, right? Because that's your number one tool for making sure you better make sure you're getting that dog out every hour at least. And you've got to wake up in the night and you've got to take that, that puppy out. Like you cannot rub it. Yeah. And if it potties when it shouldn't, then you just got to clean it up and ignore it and look at yourself and go, why did I let that happen? Right. So that's my, my advice is always don't give it freedom, put it on a stru structured schedule and then look at why it did it. Why did you let your puppy fail? 
I say to people, don't put your puppy or your dog in the fail zone. You're responsible for it. It cannot be think, responsible for itself. Right. And you think the number one mistake is consistency? Oh, yeah. Do you think humans are consistent in their own life? <laughs> right. Right. We're not consistent in our own life. So being consistent with something outside of ourselves is going to be really hard. <laughs> I, I mean, I know a woke pet parent when they drop their dog off for boarding and they go, okay, when she wakes up in the morning, literally you have to take her immediately outside because she will poop. And then when she eats, it literally takes three minutes and she's going to have to poop again. And you're like, okay, this person has knows what their dog is, is doing kind of thing versus the person who doesn't understand, who doesn't see the pattern. Yeah. It's learning. It is learning your dog. Yeah. Right. My, all of my dogs tell me when they need to go to the bathroom and when there's an accident, it's because I didn't listen to it or I wasn't paying attention. Um, but they always ask before the accident happens. And, um, you know, the, that if you pay attention to those things, they don't want to do it inside. They get it. They get that you want out there. Also the people that, that are afraid of crate training and say that it's not, um, it's not nice for them. I don't even know what they say. Cause I don't believe in it, of course, but well, let's talk about it when we come back. Cause I have to take another break, but I do want to talk about that because so many people think that it's cruel and I'm like, no, it's not cruel. It becomes their safe space where they can go and they know, and they're not going to have those accidents inside there because it's their safe space. And they've learned exactly. We're in here. And then we come out and we do this. We go straight out to the bathroom. We come back. So we'll talk a little bit about that when we come right back. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right. We are back with Heather of Happy Dog. Wait, happy owner, happy dog. Um, And like, I feel like, you know, you're not saying, hey, go get happy before you can go have a well-trained dog. You're saying be very aware of your own behavior when you're working with your dog and trying to train your dog a new behavior. Be more like that man that said, hey, I think I, the problem's me. I don't trust people. Therefore, my dog doesn't trust people. So when, um, when you get a puppy and you're crate training them, we were talking about how some people think that that's cruel, not, not right. Um, but what it is, is that it basically creates their, their own little room and your tool to teach them what to do, correct? 
Absolutely. It puts them in a structure and it puts them in a safe space, like you said, and they're not going to, they should not soil where they are. And then it's so easy. People use potty pads and they're like the worst thing in the world because a potty pad is a floor, right? And they don't sleep on a potty pad, right? So yeah, I, I, I know they don't like crate training. I, I, I was a trainer who didn't. Like I came from England, didn't know anybody who created their dogs. I didn't create my dogs. Mm-hmm. And then I came to the States and, you know, it's, it's different over here. But I have a ham right now that I adopted last year and she's in a crate at nighttime because she'd be crazy and jumping all over the bed <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning. It's time to go hunting. We don't go hunting, but she's, right. you know, she's a reject hunting hound. So there are times when it's absolutely needed. And eventually they wean off the crate anyway. Well, I have nine dogs and they all have their own crate and they all get fed in their crate. Well, not all of them, but most of them get fed in their crates and most of them will sleep in their crates and the door is open. The crates there all day and they go in them all day. It is their room. It's their little place. Even when I want to see them get away from the other dogs and they'll go into their crate. Um, So it's, to me, it's always, that's, has always been that way whether I knew it was the right thing or not, I saw that my dog, it became their room. It became their space. And then here it's awesome because I have so many dogs. It's the easiest way to train them. They go running into their crates. They're creatures of habit. You literally can teach them anything without even, you know, trying to like, right, right now, I just went away for a week. I took Odie, my uh, oldest dog. He had learned the whole layout of the new place, the times where the fridge was, where the food was, where the door was, where the poop spot was, where, you know, the garbage was, you know, they learn it very quickly. They know better. And it's a matter of trusting and letting them do that and not do the, no, 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 stop, come here, come here, come here, come here, you know, kind of thing over and over again. They stop listening to you. But I think what you just said hit the nail on the head. You can try, you can teach a dog anything, which means you can teach them the opposite of what you want them to know. I love that. Right? Because this is what happens when I go into people's homes or I, on the phone, if I'm training, on Zoom, I'm training. You know, it's what they're teaching. They don't realize they're teaching that behavior. So you right. said the potty pads. The potty pads, you mean don't put the potty pads in the crate or potty pads, forget them all together? Forget them all together. Um, and what happens with the people that, you know, are gone to work all day and can't bring their, get, let their dogs out during the day? That's a shame. I mean, it would be nice if they actually created it so that puppy could actually get acclimated to potty training on a consistent basis because it puts them backwards, obviously. And the expectation of potty training is a.m., p.m., and that's it? Oh, they should be out every hour at the beginning. I think it's good. If I mean, oh, so take- when they're old, when they're older, though, like, okay, we've done the we've done the proper training. Now we're able to leave our dog in the house out of crate without accidents. For how long? So in the dog training world, it's one hour per month of the life of the dog to start with. So if you have a two month old, an eight week old, right, two hours is your maximum. Good. So. Uh- pet parents need to hear that expectation because I don't think that they get that. And I, think I don't think they do when they leave them for eight hours, 10 hours and have an expectation. How would you go right. without a toilet break for eight hours yourself? 
Right. And, <laughs> right. and then imagine that if you did do that and left them in their crate, that it's now become a habit to do it in the crate. And now we've messed up all of the crate training, the yep. purpose of the crate training. Exactly. Exactly. That's it's hard. Way. And as you said, so many people last year. So I think they felt that because they were home, you know, working, it was easier. And so crate training was probably easier, but now you've got separation anxiety on the other end, or you've got coming through as a groomer, you know, is the other aspect. So things have turned a little bit because people have had time, right? <laughs> All there's people actually were home and went, my dog has really bad behaviors. I hadn't noticed it before. That's right. <laughs> or they have to remember that the dog probably spent most of the time sleeping while they're at work. And now they're not getting that sleep. They're up with you the whole time. Right. <laughs> have you had any experience with training and using CBD? I have actually. Yes. I feel I, like I've, I, I, like I said, we're selling so much of it because everybody's got puppies because they're anxious, because they're leaving them, but also as a tool to calm them down, to be able to listen to and deal with their anxious owner. <laughs> because we, yeah, I, the reason I do, um, I have a client right now who has border collie and they, it's so anxious. Right. And I asked them to buy the anxiety one from, from your company oh, because great. I wanted that for this dog because you cannot learn when I have a client who takes CBD oil for herself. I don't. And she explained this to me. She said, before I took it, it's like flies buzzing around my head. And as soon as I took the oil, there was calmness in my mind. Mm -hmm. And I went, now I understand what, how it works, right. And how it works for the dogs. So I couldn't imagine all that buzzing going around in my head. Right. <laughs> right. How could I learn anything? Right. I couldn't even talk to you and concentrate on you and focus, right? If that's how it was. So with dogs, there's no training on top of anxiety. We've got to tone it down and CBD oil definitely does the trick. Awesome. I, we have people that come, we have a new shop that's in downtown. So we have lots of anxious dogs who are in apartments who have to go out for their walks, interact with other dogs. So it is like anxious downtown city. Everybody's anxious. We'll literally set, tell them, tell them if they come into the shop, We'll give you a drop, dropper full, go out and see how it is. And it does. Imagine being that dog who's walking out of the apartment where they live in this apartment with their, their owner and probably haven't seen anybody or dealt with anybody. And now they have to go out into this world with other people and other dogs that have no training and who are anxious. It really does help calm them down big time. Um, okay. How can people find you? Can they do, I know they can go to your website and you have some amazing, I saw actually, I just got in, uh, into uh, earthing and saw that you even had something about that and uh, you know, getting in touch with your dogs. What is your website? How do they get in touch with you and find out more about what you have to say? So the website is happyownerhappydog.com. And yeah, I have a book on there. I wrote an ebook. Called your dog is your healer, which just came out. So that's on my website. Congratulations, that's awesome. I didn't even know that. I'm gonna have to get it. And what is it called again? Your dog is your healer. Your dog is your healer. Awesome. Yes. Yes. So how are they? How do they heal you if you're you have? So you're making yourself be calm for your dog, and therefore you're healing yourself. So if you imagine 
we're walking around, like I said, baggage. We're walking around with stories about ourselves, right? And our dogs are reflecting it, but we don't realize the dog's reflecting. I'm talking about stories. Do I have time to give you a quick one? Sure. Quick story? Yeah. So I went to this couple, they had four dogs and they lived in a townhome and they were all in crates in what would have been the dining room that was adjoined to the kitchen. Now, two of these dogs were getting in fights and they didn't know why. So I went over there and I'm talking to them. One by one, the dogs come out. They're interacting in the living room. You know, I can't see anything, but the fights always happen in the dining room when they come out of the crates. So I'm thinking maybe it's food because the kitchen's right there. Maybe one's trying to protect the food in the kitchen. Nope, it's not that. And then suddenly the woman says to me, I don't know why, but I have something to tell you. And I'm like, what is it, right? I mean, I'm excited because I have no idea. She goes, well, when I was two, I'm like, where is she going with this, right? So she goes, when I was two years old, she said, I live with my parents in a two-story home and nobody realized that there was a leak in the bathroom and the ceiling fell on her. Now she's two years old and the ceiling fell on her. It was very dramatic. She ended up in hospital. She has no injuries from it or anything, right? But there's obviously trauma. So I look into the room where the crates are and I look up at the ceiling and I'm not kidding you there's a damp patch in the ceiling above where the dogs are and I looked at her and I said how do you feel every time you walk in that room she said I hate it like it just brings me flashbacks wow I said two of those dogs are picking up on that and they're sitting in those crates and how are they going to get rid of it boom they're going to fight each other because they've got to get rid of that negative energy right she goes oh my gosh I had no idea. And she said, when we go to her parents, when they go to her parents' house and they have a one bedroom now, they only, you know, first floor, they don't have a two story. The dogs never get in a fight. She takes all the dogs with her. And so this was a quick fix because her parents own both houses. And she said, they talked about switching. I said, there is no question. You go live in the other house because your dogs will love it. But there's trauma that you need to address, right? Wow. So that's what I'm talking about, the unspoken word, right? That deep stuff that we're carrying around with us, they are triggered by it. Oh my gosh, my dogs must be a mess. (laughs) 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 Heather, thank you. So we're over time. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're very welcome. I had a really good time talking to you and learned a lot. And I'm sure our listeners did too. Thank you so much again for sharing your stories. They were very helpful. Thank you. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. Rockstar Energy is giving one lucky winner a trip to Las Vegas. To enter, text Vegas to 59570 for your chance to win an all-inclusive trip to Las Vegas from Rockstar Energy. Again, that's V-E-G-A-S to 59570. A confirmation text will be sent. Standard message and data rates apply. Is that Dunkin's new holiday blend coffee? Sure is. Because sometimes the holidays just call for Dunkin'. What's in it? 
A spark of holiday spirit? A cup full of holiday cheer? Your very own holiday shopper? Actually, all that. And notes of molasses and dried fruit. Just the warming blend I need for that holiday hustle. Ah. Sit through the holidays with a $2 medium holiday blend coffee at Dunkin'. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.